20 years, you know, so it's not a new, it's nothing new, it wasn't nothing, it's nothing that hadn't been addressed before. I mean, the point was is that you had an eligible receiver that wasn't identified and an ineligible receiver that wasn't identified as such, and the, and the league, the official had no uh, way to identify that for the defense. He literally said on the mic, though, don't cover that player. That's not something that had ever been gone over. Players were never taught don't cover a player. And when you're on the field, you can't hear that microphone. Okay. Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I am Jimmy Murphy, your host. Bob Bardis sitting alongside here in studio. Timmy Button's working the boards. We'll send that one out to John Harborough. I mean, after all this time, he's still whining about it. I know Tom Curran prompted it there of uh, Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, asked him about the eligible, ineligible uh, receiver or player. A uh, situation that took place in the 2014 AFC Divisional Round Classic. What a game that was, where the Patriots twice erased a 14-point deficit. Uh, but, you know, Harborough afterwards was livid about that whole situation, where maybe if he studied the rule book the way Bill Belichick does, he would have known the rules. It was fine. It was within the rules, and it was not cheating. Uh, but, of course, that led to frustrations that led to Baltimore making Indianapolis aware of uh, the p- potential deflating of footballs, which then led to Deflategate. Uh, so a lot of bitter blood. But you know what, Jim Harborough, that opening was for you. Wah, wah, wah. On to talk about that and all things Patriots and Ravens as they get ready for a big Monday night football tilt in Foxborough. <clears throat> Here's our good friend, Bill Burt, of the Lawrence Eagle Tribune. Mr. Burt, how are you today? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, I guess Deflategate is not going to die here, huh? We just got to keep it going. Deflategate, ineligible, eligible gate. Not, you know, 
I, I love, um, and you, you know this from being a reporter, Bill, when you know, you'll ask an athlete or a coach, GM, what have you, uh, a, a question, and they say, well, I don't really want to talk about that, but, and then he goes on to talk for about three minutes, and that's exactly what Harborough did with uh, Tommy Curran the other day in the conference call there. Just your take on the fact that this is still so much a thorn in the side of Harborough, apparently. Well, I was there for the conference call. And in fact, I asked the first football question as, a, as t- Tom Cowan gave me a clap, quiet clap as I asked the question because it, w- it was strictly like four or five questions right away. And you're right. He did say, I don't want to talk about it, and then talked about it. <laughs> um, but it was brought to his attention, you know, what they did a couple, uh, against, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, where at the end of the game, you know, they held on the last play of the game to run out the clock. And uh, sort of more, more, not that it was exactly the same, but it was cheap. Just like the Patriots, you quote-unquote, quote you could call it cheap because you're flirting with the – you're basically using the rules to your advantage. The only difference is with the Patriots, that's a rule. And, you know, the problem was – at least he said the problem was that um, the referees didn't know how to handle it, and they didn't know how to instruct the players properly. So, uh, you know, that probably is partly true, but it's not the Patriots' problem. So uh, – Yes, he hasn't forgotten it, but, you know, Patriots, let, let's be honest here, Jimmy, where uh, we can be, and I'm talking about uh, our region and the vast majority of fans can be very nasty, too, and no. we keep bringing this stuff up, too. No. Like you said, the, the, question, <laughs> no, the questions came from, from us, from the media. I was there. So it's, uh, you could argue that it's also starting and emanating from here as well. Brady was asked a question by Mike Giardi. You know, basically saying, you know, hey, you know, really deflacates better with, with the, um, with the Ravens, which is sort of, uh, you know, we always thought it was the Colts and the Jets had something to do with it, but it was, in fact, indeed, it was, it came from the coaches on the, um, on the Ravens side of the call. So, look, it's, <laughs> it's funny because, but, because it won't go away. And, uh, I do want it to go away. It really will because this, this game's going to have nothing to do with that. And I, you know, the grudge match, is, does it really mean anything? This has been two years since the Flakegate technically happened. Um, you know, we all thought Brady was going to try to beat everyone 51 to nothing. Well, that's not happening. But here's how you, you, you win the Flakegate. You win a championship. And that you, you win games by one point or three points. And to be honest with you, after seeing this team for three or four weeks, I think it's going to be more in the 20 to 17, 24 to 21 that's the way this team, I believe, is going to play the rest of the way. So, um, quickly, too, I want to just go back to what you are saying, how you know Brady was asked about that, but I heard he, he pretty much deflected it there. And, look, I, if, I'm, if I'm in Brady's shoes or Harbaugh's shoes, I deflect it as well, you know? Right. And if I'm a coach, I tell my players to deflect it as well. However, for us, the media, and for the fans, I mean, I, I love it. It's fun. I, I actually, I'm not... Right. You know, I, I kind of made fun and poked fun of Harbaugh coming in here with a little baby noise and, and then played I'm a loser by Beck. But, you know, but thank you. I, I should thank him because he, he enables us to have something to talk about. And you know what? I, I think that's something, obviously, that, you know, in general is missing from the NFL. This is a big game. I don't care what either coach says. This is a huge game right now. It's Monday night football. And, and by the way... I don't know if you if you'd agree with me, Bill, but you know, for the majority of the the uh, pretty much the first half of the season and a little more, you know, all we heard about was how weak 
Thursday night football had been. Well, they've got two classics the last two weeks in a row. Yep. Monday night football, however, to me, is almost a bigger story where, you know, when when I was growing up, and I mean, even up through years of my reporting career, Monday night football was a thing, man. You know, it was dun, 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 dun. you look forward to it. Was the, it was the... The prime game, the game everyone wanted to be on. It was it was an honor for players to be there. It was the, the ticket you wanted to get if you were a fan. It was a game you wanted to cover if you were a reporter. And now that's sort of gone away. And now they have a game like this with so much on the line, so much history between the two teams. So I can't get enough of of the bad blood, so to speak. And and I'm all for it. So well, I'm going to tell you, this is the biggest, most important regular season Patriots game I will argue in three years. And what would be the, what was the last one then to you? Well, I'm going to go back to maybe the Denver game at Foxborough when they were down 24 to nothing and ended up winning the oh, game. Yeah, yeah. But 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 uh, the reason why this is so important, and you could argue last year's Miami game was the most important should have been because if they'd won, they probably would have won the Super Bowl. That being said, I think what what why this game is so big is we just don't know a lot. We we don't know enough about this Patriots team, and this is a test. And I. I I've sort of wrote, written this, but, you know, the last couple of weeks, quizzes, they were throwaway quizzes because the teams were putrid uh, on both sides of the ball. And, for, you know, rookie quarterbacks, I mean, Kaepernick is as bad. He's right now worse than a rookie quarterback. But this is different. This is a team that isn't afraid of the Patriots. And there are, I'm going to say, 27 franchises are afraid of the Patriots. Their coaches are afraid of the Patriots. Their fans are afraid of the Patriots. Well, this is one team that isn't. And, they're going to come to Foxborough, and I don't think this is a great team. I mean, look, they can't rush the ball at all. They're, they're, they're one of the, you know, five, there are four teams worse in the league that run the ball, which I, I do say, and I've said this over the years, I've said it here on the show, you beat the Patriots by throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. But you beat the Patriots by throwing the ball because you can freeze the linebackers and run the ball somewhat. You're not going to win, beat the Patriots with 200 yards. You're going to beat the Patriots with the threat of a run and having a good quarterback in throw. In their defense, so it's a, it's it's they have the recipe to beat the Patriots. Oh yes, it's that kind of team. But that being said, um, they do. This is not a great team either. But neither are the Patriots. Yeah. And I think this is a test. If the Patriots win this game, they're going to have probably the first seed. Even if they lose to Denver, I think uh, Kansas City and Oakland are both going to lose one more game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I think this is the game because if they if they win this game, they're going to finish thirteen and three at worst. They'll have the number one seed. And there isn't a team in the AFC that will come into Foxborough and beat them for the AFC Championship. Maybe, other than maybe a Pittsburgh or a Baltimore, that could come in maybe in the division around game and win. But mm. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think the Patriots win this game. And, I'm, and you know, if it's a close game, that's fine, because I think that's the way they're going to be playing here. But if they're in control, they make the right plays, uh, they make a couple of plays, the big plays, and, uh, and their defense is going to have to make some plays, too. I think this tells us how good this team is. Yep, I'm with you on that. And, and you, you brought up the whole uh, top seed scenario there. And we look at that game last night with Kansas City and Oakland. And, and Oakland goes into this game uh, in Kansas City, a raucous crowd, a playoff atmosphere. Oh, and by the way, it's 15 degrees and God knows what the wind chill was. It's freezing. Right. And they lose. And to me, this was... I'm not going to say that Oakland hasn't had tests and that they haven't proven that they are uh, an elite team in the AFC. I think they are. But this was really that first, hmm, 
let's see what they can do when all these elements come into play and what right. in a game that it's it, that you know likely this this is the elements that will be there in January if they have to go into Foxborough let's see what they can do and they didn't win that to me makes it even more imperative for the Patriots to get that top seed right now I hear people still saying no matter what people are saying well it doesn't matter and they should rest Brady and they should rest Bennett and uh, nonsense until that top seed is secured nobody rests and by the way you're likely going to get the second seed if you don't get the top seed. So either way, you're going to have yep. a week off to rest after the season. You do whatever you got to take to get that top seed, and I think last night was proof why. Jimmy, that was huge because I believe if Oakland beats Kansas City, I believe they get the number one seed. Me too. They, they might have lost one more game. The Patriots are going to probably lose one more game, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them one. Um, but now it's, it's wide open. Here's the deal. You do not – the Patriots, Kansas City coming to Foxborough – will not score. It'll be a 24-16 to 16 game at best. They will not score. The Patriots going to Kansas City, where that place is crazy, that defense plays to the crowd. I mean, that's a real, and I, I do want to get into this at some point, how bad, and I say bad, the Patriots fans are, basically how uh, spoiled they are, yeah. because they're nothing like a Kansas City, which no. does elevate their defense and elevates their team. Denver does the same thing. It doesn't happen here in New England, maybe because they don't have a great defense, but the point is, that the Patriots will not. Um, the Patriots going to to Kansas City for an AFC Championship. Uh, I'm not saying they couldn't win, but those are really hard, and, and they've proven to be really tough places. To, like, look, the, his record in the and I, I don't know what it is I, off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. you know they go to Denver next week, and oh, I know they're nice. not going to have a great quarterback, and I know their offense is struggling, but it's still Denver. It's going to be tough. And Brady does not have a good record. No, he doesn't. He just has struggled there. But I, I was at the only game he ever won in, in Denver uh, in 2003. I was yeah. there. Yep. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. So I, was, I was his little good luck charm. Maybe he's going to bring me again. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so look, it, this is big for the Patriots because this is, uh, you know, and I, I, there's three, two franchises. It's Baltimore and the New York Giants that have had Belichick and Brady's number. And I'm not saying they've dominated them because nobody has dominated the Patriots other than going to Denver. But uh, the Patriots, these two teams have been able to beat great Patriots teams or very good Patriots teams. And uh, they've won four out of five. Uh, they're, they're looking for their defense is number one. Uh, you know, the run defense is number one. Their pass defense is like four, five, I think fifth. So this team, this is legitimate. This is going to be a legitimate game. And you've seen the Patriots often struggle, especially without Gronk. Um, I think we're going to see teams for low twenties, which for, for this era of the Patriots, where they throw the ball, uh, is unheard of. But I will say this: the, Col- uh, the Ravens can't run the ball either. Worst running team, uh, you know. Again, they they rank near the bottom. Uh, they got two guys, uh, Terrence West and Kenneth Dixon, both uh, subpar. Wouldn't even make the Patriots roster. Probably both of them. Maybe maybe Terrence West is a is a, a second stringer, but. Uh, they can't run the ball at all, and I think that plays into the Patriots a little bit. I don't see uh, I don't see them throwing the ball all over, quote unquote, all over the place, especially with the weather, which is another issue. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, you look around the NFL right now. You mentioned Kansas City uh, and Baltimore as teams that could surprise the Patriots. I want to go over the NFC right now, Bill, and just ask you: Are there any teams you think that could threaten Dallas come playoff time? Oh yes, yeah. I think Seattle absolutely can. I, Even I without Earl think, Thomas. Yeah, I, yes, and I'm, I'm not 
for, let me state this. There is, there's not a great team in the NFL, period. Mm-hmm. So, and there have been in previous years. And, uh, and most years there is one great team. Dallas right now is playing great, uh, but I think, and I, I look at them as probably maybe, you know, 10% mentally tougher than, say, the Oakland Raiders, who look like they're the Dallas or the AFC. I just don't think they're ready for prime time. I think there's going to be a big game. I wouldn't want to ma- – I mean, look, Seattle's proven they can go anywhere and win. And, you know, it wasn't just history against Patriots. Uh, you know, they've beaten the top team in the league three times on the road over the last five years. So this is a, this is a tough team. Now, Earl Thomas is a stud. But, you know, I'll take Cam Chancellor any day of the week. Um, I'm not saying Earl Thomas is not better because I think he is. But this defense is built by, you know, two, two uh, defensive ends. Incredible. Bennett's brother is, a, is an absolute, might be the best defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very strong team. So can Dallas lose? Absolutely. I, and I think get, get ready. You know, they, get some, they have a couple of tough uh, conference AFC, uh, NFC East teams. So uh, I'm not ready to do I, I, I look at Dallas as a little better than Oakland. But Seattle is the team to beat. The team to watch is if they could get their act together, and I, they haven't, is Green Bay. Mm. Um, you know, because we're not really talking about Green Bay, but they do have some key players in place. They get a couple guys hurt. But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, in fact, the pressure's on him. He, he doesn't have many years left. So this is like, a, this is a year where the NFL is not great. This is the year NFL, a team, a 10 and 6, a 9 and 17, could actually run the table. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And uh, quickly, before we let you go, we know Danny Amendola is out. Bennett is hobbled, and obviously no Gronk. Uh, how much more Malcolm Mitchell are we going to continue to see this week? Oh God, yeah, he's uh, he's been getting uh, he's been getting top targets the last three weeks or two weeks. So um, I expect more uh, more of him. He's uh, great footwork. Uh, hands are good. They never were great. It's noted he he, run, he runs great routes. Mm. And that was one of the reasons why they got him. He's Brady a, loves know, that. In fact, they say he's a bigger receiver. He doesn't look bigger in, in the locker room. I was down there today, and uh, but he's he's really quick. Um, he can extend the field better than probably any other guy there. So uh, it's look, they got to figure this out. Um, you know, not not so much Danny Amendola, a big guy, but he's in the middle, and um, they don't really have that replacement in the middle. I, my biggest fear, it's funny, Bertha, is, is Edelman getting hurt. Uh, mm. I just. I well, they better not use him on punts because they don't time, have many. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. think he's going to. I'm not sure what they're going to do there, but I don't know. Uh, every time he, I, he catches the ball in the middle, seven yeah. yards deep, and goes forward, I cringe. I, I mean, know. he's a tough kid. He he looks like he's taking a beat, and I'm going to be honest with you. You see him, uh, you, know, you know, before the game, he looks 100%, but he's, uh, you know, he, he walks gingerly, and I'm not mm. talking like he's hurt, but, you know, I'm. I don't know how much longer that body can take the beating. He's one of the toughest guys I've ever seen in the sport. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, Bill, listen, my friend, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you down the line, all right? I'll be there Monday night. All right, enjoy the game. That is Bill Burt, Lawrence Eagle Tribune, joining us here on the Stretch Run. In our next segment, we will talk to Cole Wright of the NFL Network. Keep the football talk going, so stay tuned and stay locked in to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. down King to do it again. King this time it comes off towards the right side and it forces Hill all the way back to the 24. Hill makes a move at the 30 to the 40. Hill to the 50. Hill breaking away. Tyreek Hill 
Welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Bob Bartis alongside. Timmy Buttons working the boards. Little Beastie Boys for our next guest as we come in. And that's Beastie Boys in Cypress Hill, actually. We're going a little old school there. For our man Cole Wright of NFL Network joining us now. Cole, how you doing, buddy? Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. That's a DJ Muggs remix with Cypress Hill. Actually, is. uh Part of my running mix today, I went running, and that song was one of the songs I actually ran to today. How about Gr- that, Mark? Great minds think alike, my friend, don't they? How about that? Uh, How about that? That's what I like. That, that, I, 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 check it, your head album. It's a it, force to be reckoned with. Exactly. As, as Hannibal once said on the A-Team, I love it when a plan comes together. Oh, Hannibal was good. Face was even better, though. Uh, I like Face. <laughs> so was B.A. Not to be outdone by B.A. Barack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be the fool. Be the fool. Anyhow, my friend, how are we doing? What a game last night in Kansas City. I got to oh, say, uh, you know, I, KC right now still with an outside chance to uh, get that top seed there, Cole. And I'll tell you what, if they were somehow to able to pull that off, I don't see any team in the AFC going into that place and taking a game from them unless somebody big got hurt on the KC side because I think right now that is the toughest stadium in the league and to play in. And also, KC is playing some good football. Absolutely. And you talk about the 12th, man. I mean, obviously that's what they have going on up in Seattle. But, man, they have the 12th, the 13th, the 14th, maybe even the 15th yeah. in the city <laughs> because, you know, when they get to crowd noise, not to be outdone. That's the loudest stadium that there is. I think back in 2014, they set a record at 142 decibels. Yep. And I know that uh, a jet engine is uh, 140 decibels. So to be louder than, than a jet engine, and now imagine trying to you know tr- trying to get off plays you know in, in some kind of concise matter, you know when when, when that's going on. So you know it's, it, I think it's going to be tough to go in there if you, if, you, if it's a playoff game. You know, g- give it a few extra decibels because it's going to get kicked up a few notches. 
And I think that this is a team right now that, I mean, what is it, over the last 21 games, 19-2? and two? I mean, or 19 and, 19 and 3 over the last 22 games? I mean, it's unbelievable right now what the Kansas City Chiefs have put together. It really is. And, you know, we, we keep talking about the, the Raiders and the Patriots, and the Chiefs basically last night were like, look, don't forget about us here. And, uh, you know, I look at that game as a big statement game for them, and they're going to be tough to reckon with down the, the stretch here. On the other side of the ball there, uh, Oakland, you know, and, and this is why as, uh, the Patriots fans around here, you got people in some of the media, some of the fans saying, oh, it's not the biggest deal if they get home advantage. No, it's a huge deal. For what That's we just, a big deal. It's a big deal because of what you don't want KC to get it because then you got to play there. And you also want it if you're the Patriots and say you're matching up against a team like Oakland who last night showed that they're going to have a tough time playing in the elements that they would have to play in come January in an AFC title game. Uh, it was freezing cold there last night, loud crowd. Yeah. Not that Foxborough is going to be anywhere close as loud to KC. But still, it, it had that playoff feel to it and the Raiders didn't come through. Uh, I, I don't want to say one game tells you everything about a team, but to me, they, they, they didn't pass their first test there when it comes to playoff football. You know, and it's not easy to go in there, as, as we just said. I mean, you know, the, the, their home cooking there is, just, is unbelievable. And, you know, I, I think that, like you said, that you brought up a great point. You know, Kansas City know where you want to go, and that, that Oakland Raiders team, are they playoff ready? Are they playoff built? Who knows? There's a lot of young guys on that team right now who don't really know what that playoff culture is all about, that also plays plays a factor. Say even the Raiders did, did get home field advantage for some reason, and they, they just didn't know what to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. We've seen that happen in the past before. You know, we, We've seen teams that you know, are playing unbelievable, they get home field advantage, and then just can't play that, that hard nose, that, that, that tough style of postseason football. You know, we may see it with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys don't take care of business. Mm-hmm. It could be a short postseason for them. Like, a regular season's all well and good. You know, it's, it's tremendous to have, you know, great regular season success. Ask Peyton Manning. He's also had some great postseason success. But if Peyton Manning could, could trade in a few of those regular season wins mm-hmm. for two of Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings, oh, he'd do yeah, I think he'd do it. Yeah, I think he'd do it. He would do it, my friend. He'd, he'd rather make commercials yeah. about that, you know. So, uh, you look, though, let's look. Let's stay in this AFC right now. Okay. And look at the other teams there that aren't necessarily have a chance at the top seed, but are still battling to get some of those last seeds. What teams do you have your eye on this weekend the most? Man, I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. I'm watching off of Tennessee Titans. That's a team, man, that I, I, I like. You know, they, they have you know a lot of they have momentum. They've been playing well. You know, that, that's my my AFC team. You know, that's that's a squad you, you always want to keep an eye on because. I mean, let's let's be honest right now. The Texans aren't aren't setting the world on fire either. Are the Colts? So you know, in Jacksonville, you know, Gus Bradley's just counting the days till it's time for him to start looking for a new job. So you know, I, I feel like that that's anyone's division right now, the AFC South, and, and keeping in mind with the South as we take a jump over to the NFC. Watch out for those Buccaneers, man. Those Buccaneers mm, are playing some what serious a game football coming up right there. now. Last eight games, six and two. Yep. Come on now. What a game. That was the other, and that's what was going to be my first game I wanted to ask you about in the NFC, the Saints and Buccaneers. And I'm telling you, I don't think there are many people in the beginning of the year looked at the schedule and, and looked at this game and said, this is huge. And, and now it is, man. This is a huge game. And, hey, the Saints, I think, have been a pleasant surprise. I don't think a lot of people saw them doing what they're doing right now. you got 
the veteran quarterback, Drew Brees, going up against the upstart youngster in Winston. I mean, this is going to be one heck of a game, Cole. It's going to be good. You know, I think right now, I think the only role that the Saints are you know, trying to occupy is, is the role of spoiler. You know, trying to put the brakes on, on this Tampa Bay season. But with that being said, if the Saints can run the table, you know, this season is not make it? 100% done yet. Because, yeah. I, mean, th- I mean, this is a very mercurial division. I mean, obviously, you, you look at Tampa Bay, young squad, really no sense of identity just quite yet. And then there's Atlanta. I mean, if Atlanta showed us what they showed us last year, which looks to be the road they're going down, you know, this, this division is still up for grabs. So if Jameis Winston and, and Dirk Cutter and those guys down there in Tampa can take the bull by the horns and, and do what they need to do, then this will be their division to lose. I really I firmly believe that because the, the way they're playing right now as opposed to the way the Falcons are playing on completely different trajectories. So mm. the Saints, like I said, the Saints still have a shot. But they're on life support right now. Someone like someone just walked into into their uh, emergency room with, with the defibrillator paddles. So <laughs> you know they're 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 almost flatlined. Hey, if you get this win, you still have a little bit of a, a glimmer for your season. But it's it's almost out the door. I hear it. Speaking of life support, uh, Bob was just so I wanted to bring this up. The uh, Chargers' uh, time left in San Diego could be on life support. Hi, huh, Bob. Yeah, Cole. I saw a story this week that the. Uh, San Diego Chargers story about resur- has resurfaced about relocating back to uh, Los Angeles again. Any insight on this storyline? Ab- absolutely none. But I, th- I think that the overwhelming feeling is that you know it doesn't really seem as if you know a lot of Los Angelinos are you know big supporters of the Chargers right now. They, they don't really want the Chargers. It, it, that's just from what I've gathered. You know, from mm-hmm. everybody I know, they're like, yeah, give it or take it. You know, it's. There's so many things to do. There's the Rams, and it's like you go once again from having you know zero teams you know, for over 20 years, and then and now there's the potential of having two. Yeah. So, you know, that's when there's so many things to do. It's like the chart. We know what the Chargers are going to do. They'll maybe start off hot, and then as the season progresses, you know they're going <laughs> to they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, and then you know by by you know week week 12, everyone's at the beach, weather permitting. So you know, I don't think. Yep. That, that, that Los Angeles has that much room. Maybe they do. I don't know. But I, I think to bring a team right now that's that's just floundered in mediocrity, and that's exactly what San Diego has done over the past few years. I think that would be the wrong wrong move for them, especially on the back end of a quarterback's career. I don't know. I don't think that that would be the, the right move for them at this at this current juncture. Who knows? And let's stay there in L.A. right now. I mean, they come off that uh, bad showing there in New England. They're coming home this week. And it just seems like it gets worse and worse in terms of their trans. You, you mentioned, like, how it's a tough place to, to bring a team. And, I mean, I don't even know how you can think of bringing another team in because right now the Rams transition into sort of finding a place in the hearts of, of, uh, of L.A. fans and, and that culture there has just gone awry. And it doesn't look like it's going to get better, Cole. Well, you know, it's it's a process. You know, it's it's an ongoing process, and I think that's that's one of the best things about the NFL. You can go from from ashy to classy real quick in the <laughs> NFL. I mean, you could be, you know, look at the Cowboys last year, and yeah. everyone says, "Well, Tony Romo was hurt," and look at the quarterback play. That that's that's a close to the same team as last year, minus yeah. Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. Now, yeah. obviously, those are two huge additions, overwhelming additions on that team, but. I mean, you have quarterbacks. It's not like you guys you you, you picked them out of the uh, you know the local shop, right? 
to go play quarterback. He saw a guy in the seafood department, like, hey, hey <laughs> put, put the lobsters down, come play quarterback for the Cowboys. Like, I don't think that that happened. So, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. Didn't, didn't we get didn't we get Kurt Warner that way? Wasn't he bagging groceries way back in the day? Well, you know what? He yeah. was. That was at High V though, not Shoprite. High V and Shoprite, night and day. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. It's like all. Yeah. It's like Aldi and Trader Joe's, guys. Night and day, <laughs> night and day. You know, but it's you know that's the thing. It's like so that that's one of the greatest things about the NFL. You can go you know one year from being terrible, the next year to being fantastic, and we've seen it happen. And we we've seen it happen in two different ways from a year ago. Last year, the Carolina Panthers in the penthouse. This year, clearly in the outhouse. And look at the Cowboys. You know, a, a whole different change of uh, scenarios and settings for them. And, you know, that's the National Football League. It's what makes it great. Hey, speaking of the Panthers there, I said earlier this week that I, I think that – I think it was even yesterday. I said that there's going to – I feel like – and I'm not necessarily – when I say wholesale changes, I don't think they're, they're getting rid of Newton by any means. But what I'm trying to say is I, I think we're going to see some big changes around that team. And one of the things, at least if I was Panthers management or ownership, that I would want to uh, address – uh, immediately in the off season would be changing the culture because to me there seems like there is a huge flaw in the culture around that dressing room around that team whether it's the communications between the coaches and the players the players and the coaches the players and the media what have you and obviously Newton is part of that at times but I think that they need to maybe really look into bringing uh, some character guys in so to speak uh, Cole to just change things up again because it it really is a shame that that team should not be where they are like you said after the no. year they had last year. Well, can they, I'm sure the front office would like to do a rescindment of that rescind. Rec, I don't even know what the proper terminology is. Can <laughs> they rescind a uh, rescind? Uh, it's uh, Josh Norman. Yeah, He's, exactly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, man. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Come on, psych, back. psych. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zone. zone you're a zone uh, corner. Uh, no big deal. Come on back. Like, yeah, we're well, a lot better than we thought that you were because, you know, that seems to be, he seemed to be the glue that stuck that team together. And, you know, say what they want. People say, you know, they talk about, you know, you might not like him. You know, he talks a lot, this, that, and the other, but he's locked some guys down. And whether it's been in zone or not, when those guys come over to his zone, they don't do much. It seems to be a no-fly zone. So, you know, Des Bryant says Washington needs to get their money back. I don't really know why, because Des Bryant didn't go for over 40 yards against Josh Norman yeah. this year. So, last time I looked, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly, my friend. Well, listen, you enjoy the football. Where can we find you on the tube tonight? Uh, in just a little bit, I'll be on Fantasy Live on NFL oh, Network. You what's the latest that. on Julio Jones? Is he going to play? Uh, he was at practice on Friday, so it looks good. I don't know if he's going to oh be using God. a decoy role or if he's going to be full-fledged. We'll see. I'm, I got him. I'm in the playoffs, man. He's My team's dependent on him. He better come playoffs. through. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> I want to talk about playoffs. Uh, Maddie's... I just want to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to win this game, man. This is big. You got it. This is big. All right, it. Cole, you have a great weekend, my friend. You the same, Murph. All Later, right, guys. Cole Wright, Thank join you. us here on the Stretch Run from the NFL Network. Check him out there and... Look at that. He's already listening to the music I play as I bring him in. Uh, he's listening to as he ran today. So that's why we have Cole on the show. Man. He thinks like I do, you know? So there we go. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing at times. But uh, in the next segment, we're going to toss it around again. You want to call up and chime in. 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. Here in a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We'll be back. 
in at 603-883-9900. You're listening to 1250 Manchester, ESPN, New Hampshire. On a Friday for our man Bob Bardis here. This is the stretcher, and I am Jimmy Murphy. He is Bob Bardis. Timmy Button's working the boards. We got an open segment here. You want to call us up? 603 883 9900. Timmy, what's the, what's the text line there that we never ever use, but we'll just decide to use it now? 845 827 1250. Say it again 845 827 1250. All right. Set, hut, hut, hut. Which Omaha. again means we're not emphasizing <laughs> AM 900 as it gets dark. We're emphasizing 1250. Which also, in, in fairness, for terrestrial radio fans, they really do love anytime the Bruins or Celtics are on. Because once you reach Manchester, it gets hard to hear those stations from Massachusetts. You're right. I mean, I'm honestly often just click on the flagships because it comes in clear of my home right. in Nashua. But you give yourself another 15, 20 miles up the road. You're right. And they just start waffling all over the place. So and they're looking forward to Celtics basketball and, tonight. And, and, yeah, exactly. We will be carrying the Toronto Raptors-Boston Celtics tilt over at TD Garden. Not sure if Isaiah Thomas is playing or not yet. I was just looking... Uh, some Vegas lines there, and that game is off the board. So maybe does that mean good news for the for the Celtics? Because I mean, as of this morning, he was not going to play. So imagining Vegas takes the the game off the boards, maybe there's been a uh, a change there. And let's look that up right now. Uh, if the Celtics will be with their best player uh, tonight against the Raptors, and of course you can catch that game here on ESPN New Hampshire. Pre-game show from 6 to 7.30. Timmy, who is hosting the pre-game show tonight? We're bringing in everyone but the regular host, Patrick Gilroy. The rest of the team. Mark will be here. They're Mark all... who? I don't remember his last name. <laughs> Could care less. Aren't you the great promoter? Yes. <laughs> Mark and who else? I want to say Garrett, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is Sean Sindel, is he coming in? No. no. Well, he will, uh, nobody will be nope, here with a baseball are... bat to scare the living bejesus out of me. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you that it's just the pre-game show. 
You know how there's um there's a post game post game that's uh, via network internet. internet. That's not on the schedule. I see. It looks really? like we go to. They, they are promoting as if it is on Facebook. Okay. Well, our actual program log, which I'm going to assume hours after I left here, is going to be what plays. <laughs> says we go to ESPN programming, no breaks. But so, then again, you just never know. There could be a person in Orlando who will make that change. Yes. You know. You never know. Yeah. You that never town know. that none of us three were invited to go to. Jimmy says we don't want to go there. I want I to go to know. Universal Studios, no, but not Disney World. Right. I got that out of my system when I was eight. Yeah, but Justin Sullivan's in Orlando uh, with a little family vacation this week, That's and I, right. I was texting back and forth with him, and I said, hey, you, good luck at the Celtics game. Hey, you saw a great game last night. He's like, ah, I didn't make it. Uh, so we're going to give him the business next week. He, uh, he had the opportunity to go, but, you know. Jimmy, fam- off the top family. of your head, how many games did you two disagree on? Uh, I don't have it on me right now. Yeah, off the top of my head, I'd say maybe about six. That's that's how I kind of worked it out. I, I took the Arcan job with King. Oh, yes, I heard that I today. I disagree with was, six. Uh, did, did Arcan uh, okay this? No. <laughs> so so you, if, he lo- if you lose to King, you realize Arcan will be like, well, it doesn't count. I didn't okay this. No, 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 no. I was here on behalf of Timmy Buttons, and I had all the paperwork signed and initialed, and power of attorney but, was but, conveyed. But, uh, and, but Arcan yep. didn't sign anything. That, that's okay. He can file the appeal. All right. Yeah. All right. So we could <laughs> have some I'll back Timmy up. I'm backing Timmy so up So we were deliberate, <laughs> deliberately, with no rehearsal, disagreeing yes. on six. Yes. Just about the right thing. Well, you're not a yes man and agreeing with everybody. But you're also not just being a fake, you know, contrarian. Right. So, yeah, we got six of them that we disagreed on. Yeah. You... So I'm either doing an old guy a favor and helping him build his lead, <laughs> or I'm, uh, you know, bringing Arcan and him uh, kind of like close together because I screwed it up for Christian. I, I, I saw the uh, – you guys discussed it earlier. I didn't see. I heard you discuss it earlier. Uh, the whole situation there with Bobby Valentine – Getting yes. named in, uh, or possibly getting named ambassador to Japan. Works and for me. I, I don't know if this was the reason he did it, if this sealed his decision, but uh, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, breaking news, has removed his name from consideration for any position in the Trump administration. Uh, he said, I cannot understand how you could have the worst manager in baseball. Be- no, he didn't say any of that. It has nothing to do with that. But uh, he has removed himself uh, from consideration there. So I think he was shooting for uh, Secretary of State or something, and he wasn't going to get with it. Giuliani. Yeah, and uh, I, or or Giuliani's looking at this uh, cabinet that Trump is putting together and saying, "I want nothing to do with this, and I, I don't want my name attached to this craziness that's going on." I I actually thought, and this is not taking sides on politics. I thought, yeah, Attorney General. I don't know what you thought, Bob, but for Giuliani, yeah, I mean, he's a former federal prosecutor that yeah, did a lot makes, against the mob makes, in makes New York. Yeah. And I thought if he was going to get a high-profile job by being with him the whole campaign, convention, right. post-convention, I thought he'd go for attorney general. When they started talking about him secretary of state, I said, I don't see him flying around the world like Kerry, and he's an older guy. No, I, I, didn't I agree see with that. you. I do not see secretary of state. I, I can see attorney general. Yeah, for sure. Well, you can't see anything now because he's. Done. He's. I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, so you know what? Good for him. Get the heck out of that. We crazy have sent train. a lot of people to Japan since they're not allowed to yeah. have a military and all that. Who oh, it's been like the the kiss butt deal. Ex retired senators, Caroline Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Now it would be you know Bobby Valentine. That's eh, fine with me. He he can't get us into a war down there. No matter what he does. <laughs> 
Well, I want to ask you guys on that note about Bobby Valentine possibly becoming an ambassador to Japan. If you were in a position where you were going to become an ambassador, where would you want them to send you? I guess Tim would be Orlando. He wants to be ambassador to Orlando. <laughs> he seems very much in love with that place. But how about you, Bob? <laughs> that's that's a loaded question because because one as you know i'm i'm a hometown kid here i i went to school in uh new hampshire all the way through i still live in the house that i grew up in so the fact of going anywhere to me uh is there but if i'm gonna go outside well you know my ties to columbia so uh i'm, I'm gonna take uh, go. i'm gonna take columbia south america columbia south america how about you i think i'd like to be somewhere in europe i mean uh, whether it ties in with my ancestors or not i'm I'm half Irish, half Finnish, as in Finland. So I, I wouldn't mind going to Norway, Sweden. Well, we or know you're alive. You're not Finnish yet. So. <laughs> I don't know. You gave me a nod an hour ago like I was really done. But, uh, no, I'd, I'd say that um, probably someone, somewhere like that. Okay. Interesting. But I'd love then to have the perk of all that money in a jet that I get to go to. Visit Bob in a warm climate, and you know, I mean, I'd spend great coffee, the right great time coffee of the year. At my house. I, back I want to be Aruba. 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 I have uh, a long uh, family history there. We used to go there growing up, and uh, it's a great place. It, as they say, it's one happy island. I would do either Aruba or Ireland, mm-hmm. one or the other. There we go. Maybe Canada, since I was already living there. I've got good, strong relations through my hockey connections there, but I think. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, former Mass Governor Paul Salucci uh, still holds that post. I believe Mr. Wow. Salucci got very, done? very ill. Oh, that's right. You're right. Leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's nice he got the post, but no, he... Uh, Who is there Advanced Parkinson, look. something like that. Got hmm. uh, Mr. Uh, we will look governor right out now. of there. That's a good question. You know, was certainly not making waves it and making noise. Bruce Heyman. Is the current ambassador at all. to Canada? Uh, I yeah. can't figure what business he came from. If he didn't come from politics, it doesn't ring a bell like an ex-governor or anything. No, no, I'm not familiar with it. Wow. He's an American businessman and currently uh, the ambassador to Canada. Uh, who really cares? He's the ambassador to Canada. <laughs> but, now I'd never heard anything during uh, college or anything like that. That prepared me for one of Trudeau's kids to wind up being prime minister like he mm-hmm. was. I had no idea there was anyone coming up the political food chain. And uh, yet there we go. Another, another prime minister from the same family. Well, you know, tomorrow, uh, Timmy, uh, a great thing happens tomorrow down in, uh, I believe, are they in Annapolis or Philly this year? Where's the big football game? Yeah, we've, we've been debating this all day, and no one's bothered to look it up yet. I'm going to look it up right now. We, we we somehow determined it was a 3 o'clock game, not a noon game, but we still didn't determine where it was being played. It is at 3 p.m. at M&T Bank Stadium, the home of the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. The 9-3 Navy midshipmen play the 6-5. and five. I was wrong, so they actually have a winning record. Uh, Tom King was right. Army Black Knights. Not the Golden Knights. No. The Black Knights. Uh, and by the way, the emblem's not that similar to uh, to the Vegas one. But anyhow, that is the game. No, the man. emblem that's supposed to be the same to the Vegas one is a little college in Albany, New York. Oh, that's that's who's going that's after That's who's got the conflict. Yeah. I just sent you something, Tim, speaking okay. of this game, and I would like to play that on the way out here because I don't know about you guys. I mean, I've never been to it. 
it was one of these things that was on the bucket list with my dad and I, and unfortunately he passed on. We were never able to go, but it's still on my bucket list, and I would love to go to the Army-Navy game. You know, no matter what their records, this game is always an event, and it means so much, and I don't think people realize how much it means to those that play in it or have played in it or that are connected to it. I mean, these guys have volunteered to, if necessary, die for their country. And they're playing against fellow brothers that they might go to war with and, and possibly do that, uh, you know, and be on the same side eventually. Um, and this is the game. I mean, you don't understand. I don't think anyone, unless they're part of it, can understand. But from everything I've had conveyed to me, these guys could care less if they go 0-11. Right. But as long as they beat Army or as long as they beat Navy, that's yeah. all that matters. And, it, and it's, it's the coolest thing in the world to see the National Anthem when all of them come to attention at the same time. And then when they do the hymn songs afterwards, it's just uh, it, it's a cool spectacle. And I urge every sports fan out there, if you have not taken it in, tomorrow, 3 o'clock on CBS, uh, take in the Army-Navy song. Uh, game, game, excuse me. And, Bob, they, they've tried to develop this sort of cup that also involves the Air Force Academy. But it it hasn't ever worked out. Yeah. Only Army Navy. They really yeah. don't care either service when they play Air Force out in Colorado. Yeah. Springs. So the Army Navy game tomorrow, and considering my dad was a Marine and I come from a family of Marines, and the Navy and the Marines are tightly connected there. Go Navy! Beat Army tomorrow. Stretch Run will be back with Jack Edwards of Nesson here on ESPN New Hampshire.